There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show for May 10th, 2021. Timothy Michael McKernan and Action Jackson from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. And we are doing the show together face-to-face. What it is, what's it like for you to sit across from me? Hmm. I would, I would describe it really as, uh, well, first of all, obviously, it's an honor. Right. Uh, yeah, and, I was kind of disappointed it took that long for you to say uh, that. And uh, should have jumped in my intro and said this is an honor before I could even say welcome. <laughs> yeah, should have cut it off. Thank uh, you. Re-edit it. <laughs> but it's it's really a pleasure. Uh, it'll be cool. It, I've never we never done the podcast from here. You've never watched me go into this weird place where I just talk for two hours. No, I've I barely saw it when we would do the Zoom things, but it's not the same as seeing it. Seeing this weird. And what do you think it is? I th- I thought it was like a cocaine rant. No, Do you think it's more Adderall? Yeah, this is straight up focus in, <laughs> riddle in. Just fo- so you say it's focus to me, it's like the antithesis of focus. No, focus in another brand of uh, oh. of the of the Adderall sorts. I used to take that stuff. Oh, but, did you really? Yeah, you not a fan. No, no, no snort. I didn't need it that fast. <laughs> but uh, I was doing so poorly once in algebra and chemistry in high school that. It had to be something, so we went to the doctor. They gave me some ADD medicine, and I was an absolute zombie. Look at you. I did it during basketball season, and I, it makes you not eat. Like, it's tough to eat when you take oh, it. Just like the white horse. Exactly. So it, um, I wasn't eating, and I was doing basketball practice for two hours every day. I lost, like, 10 pounds. Good, and good. At the, and at the time, I, I didn't have 10 pounds to lose, so it became a problem. They were moving you around when you went down low. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God, I was useless down low. But uh, yeah, then I had to lower the dosage. But I did well in those two classes after that. So. And and what I do during this podcast reminds you of you in high school on Adderall. That's yeah, what you think this is? You're a little more lively. I was I was, <laughs> I was sort of a, I was sort of a zombie, but boy, was I good at chemistry. I love doing this podcast. Yeah, it's I honestly now I know I say that I think I say it at least once every other week, if not every week. But I feel like like I'm doing TMA and I love doing TMA. It's not a case of, oh, I don't like doing TMA. I like doing the podcast. It's just a totally different, to me anyway, it's a totally different style of show. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know why that is. I just know that it is. And so I look forward to doing it. But because I have been um, either doing the show from my house in St. Louis or uh, in Florida since you started, mm-hmm. this is the first time we have recorded the podcast face-to-face in yep. the same studio uh, mm-hmm. here in uh, Kirkwood. And these are the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Action Jackson, holy moly. Now, I know you just moved into an apartment. And you're not at the, let me start looking for my first home point. Yeah. But if people are out there, and well, I know they are out there, and they're looking for a home right now, I don't even know what... I don't, you don't see for sale signs, yet you know homes are going for sale, but that's because they're gone before they can even hit the market. Yep. And so, therefore, the for sale sign, it's just, it doesn't exist. You have to get pre-approved. You have to get pre-approved. You absolutely have to. And then you might need to have like a suitcase of cash on top of whatever you can get pre-approved for. 
uh, to get the home. That's how competitive it is. And if you're going to do that, do it with the homeloanexpert.com. I did it a few months ago. It was so easy. Um, and to think that really it's, it's important, uh, not just important, it's almost a necessity uh, to get it done. And you can do it with Ryan Kelly and the homeloanexpert.com team. Do it online, knock it out, or refinance if you haven't done that and you're not looking to move, but you just want to save money on your payment. Refinance, the homeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, our studio sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And also, once you get pre-approved or once you refinance, make sure you are working with James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. James Carlton is my agent. 314-961-4800 to go online at carltoninsurance.net. Man, he has a huge staff and they have been so helpful with me. I mean, I realize the little accident I had wasn't a big deal, but still it was stupid and I did it. It's my fault, even though Iggy says not to admit it's your fault, but it was my fault. And they're on top of everything and it's so helpful and it's just a different world when you're working with a company and somebody who has a staff the size of James Carlton's staff that can work with you and take care of things for you, it makes such a difference. Plus, they look for ways to save you money. 314-961-4800. James Carlton is in Webster Grove State Farm. James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net. James Carlton, if your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton State Farm. And how about the partnership we have with Munganess? stlouisacura.com. AltonToyota.com. I hope this thing lasts for a long time because it has been one of the best sponsor relationships from the get-go that this show has ever had. I'm talking TMA. I'm talking podcast. The response from the audience, the way that Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson make sure that they have monthly specials for our audience specifically and our audience responds. So here's the sponsor or here's the deal from the sponsor for the month of May at St. Louis Acura. This is what you get. $11,000 off all remaining 2020 MDXs. And when I read that, I'm like, I wonder if that meant to be $1,100. Nope, it, Jamie actually said, yes, $11,000 off. $11,000 off all remaining 2020 MDXs at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. Plus, they have over 250 used cars available at altontoyota.com and St. Louis Acura. Com. There it is, Munganast, the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and the Ryan Kelly morning after. All right, we got so much. I am now with being in studio. Now, here's the deal it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, as I'm talking, it is 10 10 on May 10th, 2021. I have a lunch. Um, I have a lunch, and the guy said, When do you want to go to lunch? And I said, One o'clock. Why? Because I knew I was going to go who knows how long here. Who knows? One, I mean, it's 10-10. The lunch is maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes away. So I am building in two hours and 35 minutes of me just Adderalling. Hell yeah. All right. So I don't know. But what I'm going to try to do today mm -hmm. is get through all of the email. Now, you see all the emails that I, that I have saved from QFTA. So you see them all. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you think it's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I think it could. Um, we'll give it a run and I'm just going to go in order. So some of these, uh, some of these are from a few weeks ago, uh, but I'm just going in the order of most recently received. This one was received at nine 30. By the way, we will have part two of that erotic story. I see that as fourth on the list. Hell yeah. You time, you time code these things when you post them too. So people they just want to go to the erotic story. Yeah, they can just skip. And right the guy sent it. in pictures by Ooh. the way, along with his erotic story. Hi, Tim and Jackson. In regards to this whole gin slash handicap thing, I'm trying to understand this. I wish I could have a verbal conversation about this. 
because I believe it would be easier to communicate my question. I really hope I don't come off as ignorant on this. I am not that serious into golf. I enjoy playing by myself and with friends. I am not a great golfer, but I like to keep my score and try to improve. As of now, I have no intentions on playing in real competitions. I use two different golf apps. I use TaylorMade's My Round Pro for my watch. It tells me whole distance and updates with each shot. I also log each shot, club used, and the final whole score. That's pretty serious for somebody who's not that serious. That's a yeah. pretty serious commitment. Mm -hmm. In addition to, I also track each whole score on Swing U. Swing U provides a handicap and will update accordingly after each round. What makes uh, the Gin app different from these other apps? 18 birdies, Golf Logic, Swing U, etc. Is the handicap calculated differently? Is it essentially just a database where people actually uh, have to use their real names and you can look up individual score? Uh, I believe I have heard people can still manipulate their Gin by just adding an incorrect score. I guess I was just curious on what the difference is and if a gin is worth it for someone who doesn't play in real competitions. I wanted to inquire about being an alternate in the Fan Page Club Championship, but since I didn't have a gin, I didn't want to cause anything, even though I could show a handicap from Swing U with scores for the past four years. Thanks, that comes from Jason. All right, Jackson, this is going to be video, um, but I am going to show you Golf Logics. You see, that's Golf Logics. That yeah. is loading on my phone right now. I guess we're in the trust tree here that Jackson and I aren't going to mess with things. Here is my handicap. Do you see it on the top left corner of the phone? Yep. What is that handicap, sir? 7.8. All right. All right. That is from Golf Logics. Here is my USGA Gin. And what is my handicap on there? 5.9. All right. So I don't know the answer as to why it's different because I enter in the exact same scores. Mm -hmm. But all I can tell you is that it is a two-stroke difference. And so I don't, again, I don't have the answer as to why, but that is Jackson just saw it. I, the one that I enter, well, it's not, you don't even enter it. If you're playing in events, they ask for your gin number, your ID number, and then they find it and then they enter it. So for example, I kind of want to do this, but then I, so I'm playing in a member guest in a month ish, mm -hmm. a little more than a month. And I kind of would like Iggy to be my guest. Interesting. I know it would be, <laughs> it really would be as far as hashtag content yeah. and isn't everything content now? I mean, has a word been bastardized more than content it's, in the it's, last year? It's the most misused word Holy possibly shit. in the last five years. For the last, I don't know how many years since I've been working with my business advisor since 2013. He's my right hand guy. He's the best, uh, truly the best. Mm -hmm. And he's always said, it doesn't matter. We own the content Any, to anything. It doesn't matter. We own the content. The mm -hmm. content's the thing that mobilizes the advertisers and the audience. He's been saying that, though, since 2013, 2014. Now I feel like saying content is the equivalent to saying canceled. Like yeah. it's been just like bastardized by people who don't even necessarily know what it means. Yeah, it's just thrown around. Yeah, and really I don't annoying. like saying it. But for the purpose of hashtag content, I feel <laughs> like Iggy is my member guest partner. It would be wonderful hashtag content. Absolutely. And I think he's a perfect member guest partner mm -hmm. if he had a gin because he his the reason why his handicap is so high is because he has like i don't know maybe four holes per 18 where he'll get like a triple bogey yeah but other than that he's just pretty rock solid yeah right down the middle of the tee box and for the course i'm playing i don't need distance yeah correct but he doesn't have a gin 
Yeah. And yeah. so you can go, well, who gives a fuck? He's, <laughs> you know, you can use, you know, golf logic. So I use golf logics. And if that were the case, I'm a seven, nine or seven, eight or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And I'm looking at my thing here and I'm a 5.9. And the point is Iggy doesn't have a gin and he wouldn't be able to turn it around in time for the event. And that sucks. So yeah. I would, I truly would love to have him as my guest. I was thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great entertainment, but he doesn't have a gin. So as far as why there is discrepancy, I do not know. I don't have an answer to it, but you know, I realize people cannot watch this, at least as of this moment, that might change sometime, but it is of right now. You can't watch it. And so you can't see what I just showed Jackson, but I assure you, I'm not making it up. And on golf logics, I'm a seven, eight and on my gin, which is what you have to play off of. I'm a 5.9. So, you know, and it's one thing, I guess, if a gin cost you like, I don't even know, a material amount of money. If I'm not mistaken, it's $25 for the year. Yep. It's $2 for the, a month. Yeah. It's, if you can't afford that, yeah. then maybe golf isn't the hobby for you. No. So it's, I'm just telling you, this is the difference. I don't, I personally don't give a shit. I personally, because the Fan Page Club Championship is what it is. Jackson, you and I had a little discussion about yeah. my experience relatively recently and, you know, played a role in wide and play this year. Although I wouldn't have been there anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, you, you, yeah. And then what the, what Jason, what you said, people can absolutely, even if you have a gin, you can manipulate your handicap. Cause absolutely. I think that goes on too. Uh huh. I don't think it goes on. I know it goes on. Yeah. But I, I truly, I'm more, I think I would be more on the side of a vanity cap than I would be a sandbag cap. Mm -hmm. Um, not that I I'd like to think I don't do either, but I think, you know, I think five, nine might be better than I actually am mm -hmm. at this particular moment. I think I'm probably in the seven range, but either way, um, yeah, to answer the question, it's a fair question, but there is, I hope I provided some sort of anecdote there to, uh, to back it up. I see a bunch of texts are coming in. Uh, okay. I'm answering the text and then I, off I go. Uh, let's see. Hey, Tim, I listened to this week's podcast last night. This was sent in uh, and, let's see, and wanted to share a few things. Number one, toasted ravioli, not raviolis. We had that debate again. Yeah. Number two, the listener erotic story tease advanced the podcast, not just yours, but the entire podcast industry. Don't worry. <laughs> part two is coming up momentarily. Yes, sir. And number three, I loved the discussion about the memory of your first Cardinal game. I've had that chat with my dad about our first game. Pirates at Cardinals, September 26th, 1981. Cardinals win 5-3 behind Forsh and Suter. Based on your recollection that your first game was the day before Brummer stole home, that puts you at the August 21st, 1982 game between the Giants and Cardinals. You've probably seen this before, but if not, here is the box score and other information from BaseballReference.com. As always, love the show and the podcast. Thank you for all you do. That's from Matt Schutte. Um, and, uh, Jackson, I click on the link and there it is. Yeah. The box score from August 21st, 1982. That was the Giants logo at that time. That's a wild logo. How about that? that and they were wearing orange. I remember, at least yeah, in my mind, I, I remember them wearing orange. I remember seeing those pictures of them wearing of what orange. They were, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you see the Brummer stealing home video, I think you see the, the Giants are wearing orange. They were a decent team. They were, they were 64 and 60. The Cardinals were 70 and 52 in route to winning the world series in two months. Yeah. So the lineup for the giants, Chili Davis just fired by the Mets as hitting coach. Yep. Joe Morgan. So I got to see hall wow. of famer, Joe Morgan. That's awesome. Jack Clark. Little did I know we'd have a connection 30 years later. <laughs> Jeffrey Leonard, uh, Hackman, 
Uh-huh. Don't know the name Jim Wolford, but he was in left field. Yeah. Daryl Evans, mm-hmm. who, if I'm not mistaken, was with the Tigers. That's what I think of him with. Am I right on that? Yeah, he was. He was with the Tigers when they won uh, the World Series. And boy, he played until 42. Jeez. Uh, Daryl Evans, hit, I, he's a home run guy. 414 home runs, yeah. Nice. Daryl Evans. So I saw some ball players in that game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I mean, Joe Morgan, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Evans, Bob Brenly, eventual Diamondbacks manager, had two home runs that night. For, uh, Cardinal first base coach Joe Patini was the shortstop. Wow. Uh, Max Venable, Dwayne Kuyper, the pitchers. Bill Lasky was the starter. For the Cardinals, the lineup. Tommy Herr leading off. Yep. Lonnie Smith. And that's what I remember about that game the most was Lonnie Smith's inside the park home run. Mm-hmm. As he's rounding the bases, I can remember my dad saying, I've never seen one of these in person before. I've never seen this before, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was so clear he was going to circle. And I remember like the angle he was at as he ran on that turf. Yeah. Like it looked like like he was on to the side, but that's the those guys just flew in the eighties on that turf. Yeah. Keith Hernandez uh was batting third and playing first. Silent George, George Hendrick hitting cleanup in right field. Willie McGee mm-hmm. hitting fifth, center field, Ken Obrickfell, Daryl Porter, future World Series MVP. And then the Wizard was hitting eighth. Dave LaPointe was the starter. Steve Braun, Jeff Lottie, Jim Cott, Bruce Souter. And the fact of the matter is, on that night of my first Cardinal game, which my mom and dad took me to on a Saturday night, August 21st, 1982, Jim Cott pitched. And Jim Cott debuted in 1959. Oh, my God. How about that? Jeez. Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss. So 22 or three years later, he's out there. He is out there, which then essentially means I'm sitting there with my father and guys he watched when he was, I'm, I was five at that time, Yeah, played against a guy I was watching. That's unbelievable. At five years old. That's crazy. In 1982. That's and wild. that is the connection. Now... That is, of course, extremely rare. The fact that Jim Cott pitched in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and all the way through 1983, Jeez. by the way, um, is absurd. But yeah. uh, that, that as, I, as I was glancing at this box score, I'm like, oh, Jim, Jim Cott. Jim Cott won gold, a gold glove in 62, 63, 64, 65, 66, 67, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78. He won the gold glove. Oh oh, I'm sorry, 62 through 77. Oh, my God. At the age of 38, he won a gold glove, and at the age of 23, he won a gold glove. Yeah, that's like Kareem winning MVP in his rookie year and like his 15th In year. his 15th year. Yeah. Um, I feel like he was in all kinds of postseasons, if I'm not mistaken. He was in the postseason in the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s um, with the Twins, uh-huh. and they lost to the Dodgers in 65. Um, with the Phillies, they lost to the Reds in 76, big red machine, yeah. and with the Cardinals when they won the World Series. So he won his one World Series ring in uh, in 82 with the Cardinals. That's awesome. So I love seeing this box score. Yeah. What a great, uh, what a great thing. Thank you for sending that in, Matt. I'm actually going to save that. Um, Tim, you've mentioned how you listen to the No Laying Up podcast. Do you listen to that, Jackson? Nah. That sounds like you're a fan. Like, I'm looking forward to getting in my car and listening to it. Yeah, there's definitely podcasts I have like that. But uh, before majors, I listen to foreplay sometimes. They usually have some interesting stuff. I won't say content, but 
They have some interesting content. There you go. Uh, And I was curious if you've watched their YouTube series called Tourist Sauce. Each season is basically a different golf trip with their group, and they play a ton of different courses, going into the course designs and backgrounds while also having trip-long golf bet game going. I started with the most recent season in Oregon and thought the Band and Dunes courses looked incredible. got me hooked on the series. I found it to be a really interesting way of finding out about the courses I've known nothing about while watching a more relatable brand of golf. Those guys are definitely good for some laughs along the way, too. P.S. Iggy is the best. It comes from Little Saggers. So it's almost been uh, a year. A year it's with, it might be to the day. I don't remember what the day was um, when we were... Um, May, uh, when we, we were doing stuff with KFNS, where it looked like we were going to buy KFNS, that was the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for a, a variety of reasons, uh, we decided to not do that at the end of uh, June of last year. But one of the things that we were planning on doing, and I, and I still might wind up doing it, um, is something similar to what it, I've never watched this, this tourist sauce thing. I bet I would find it amusing. I mm-hmm. think I would. Um, but like having, like at the time you weren't around Jackson, me, mm-hmm. Pete, Iggy, Plowhawk, mm-hmm. like go play golf courses and then yeah. maybe bring in, you know, celebrity using the term loosely. Yeah. You know, I don't think we'd be able to get like Ozzy and Marcus Allen and Keith Kachuk and, you know, on a regular basis, but, and then just mic people up and then just fuck off. Yeah. I think that would be, That'd be awesome. And that was one of the things, I mean, there were so many things we we're planning on doing. And again, it's not like it's over. Um, but as far as being able to do this kind of stuff, if anything, you can even do more of it. But, um, you know, I'm under contract through the end of, uh, 2021 here at KFNS. And, uh, and so with regards to doing that, that's something that I thought about. And I know you play <laughs> apparently a good player too. I hear tell I've never played with you, so I don't know. I'm all right. What's your, what's your golf logics handicap and what's your gin so I use a, I used a different app, uh, not Golf Logics. It's just, I think it's just called Handicap Info Talk Handicap. Nice marketing. Yeah, and that calls me a twelve point one, and uh, my gin does not have enough scores yet to uh, give me a yeah. score. So once that happens, I assume I'll be in the eleven, twelve, thirteen range. Okay. So me, you, Iggy, Plowhawk, Angster Pete, occasionally get Doug. Yeah. And go out and play some courses around St. Louis and maybe have like some kind of like, you know, par three contest or whatever. We shoot video. And yeah. I just love that Disney's just going to bullshit. Yeah. And it's and a great way to get to know people. Like I love when I'm enjoying myself playing. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, I, I like, uh, I think Jack Nicholas, I saw him doing interviews said Lee Trevino just played better when he was talking. It was just, now there are other guys who just didn't want to talk like Tiger early yeah. on in his career did not talk. Mm-hmm. It was part, part intimidation. Part of it was just, it was, it was his focus. Yeah. I find I am better when I'm talking. I just like, but I just like the bullshit with people. So yeah, whether I know him or not, and then you wind up getting some good entertainment and some good stories in there. So definitely I love it. I haven't, I have not seen it. I've heard about it. I've heard them talk about it. Um, so that would be something I would be interested in doing and doing more of an inside STL version of it. Um, thank you, little saggers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for part two. Yes. Part two. And as you can see, so you can see now, see now you can see now that we're in the same room. Yeah. Cause it would be weird if I just said, Hey, the guy sent in part two. <laughs> and then I started texting you like stag pictures. Yeah. That's a little weird, <laughs> but you can see here the yep. email that I was sent. That there is a picture of what appears to be a lady servicing another lady and then two girls making out. Yeah. Faces are, I don't even know what the right word you would, it looks like they've like whited out the faces. Yeah. 
So that's what we've got here on part two. Now, if you haven't heard part one, it was in last week's uh, Tim McKernan Show podcast. We solicit erotic stories. We don't get as many as we'd like. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did get uh, this one. So now we are following up. Hey, Tim and Action Jackson. I'm currently listening to the QFTA from May 3rd. Sorry to leave you hanging, but as we have been told, we got to keep the audience wanting more and get better at teasing. Now, real quick, let me explain why I brought up the salad from Canetto's. Oh, I forgot about that part. I did too. <laughs> I really don't. Listen, I love the salad from Canetto's. I don't think they're open tonight. Maybe they are. Mondays Mondays for restaurants is always a crapshoot. I know, but on the Hill, because they're closed on Sundays. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I think it's open today. That's a play. That's I a play might. I'm flying back tomorrow. Uh-huh. And I was kind of thinking about what my final treat was going to be. And I got to tell you, that might get me. So this isn't an anti-Kinetto's thing. I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to know what people are eating before an erotic story. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I'm not telling you I got a good reason for it. Like listening to the no laying up guys. They were talking about Keegan Bradley last week after he went in the water on 13. Uh And they're like, I don't know why. I just know I don't like him. (laughs) So I don't know why. I just know I don't want to hear about dining yeah. and a specific restaurant before an erotic story. So it's not anti-Kinetto's. It could be anything, especially yeah. when I think I might go and get Kinetto's. <laughs> I digress. Uh, here's the reason why I brought up the salad from Kinetto's. It was TMA that made me try it. I've been to Kinetto's. There we go. Always glad to contribute. Yeah. I've been to Kinetto's a few times, just never had the salad due to the big portions of food you get. I always wanted the room to enjoy my fettuccine alla Canetto with chicken, so the idea of including the salad was a callback to TMA. Now that that is done, let's get to why we have all gathered here today. <laughs> we make it to Elle's house, and we make it into the living room. T and myself, do you remember who everybody yeah, is that's, here? See, now that I'm going to need a re-explanation of the... Uh, of the- well, L has to be the, the other one. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, all right. I believe that's So L is the third. Yeah. We make it to L's house and we make it into the living room. T and myself, T is his wife. Yeah. Wife or girlfriend, I can't remember. T and myself, it gotta be wife. They have three kids. Yeah. T and myself sit on the couch while L is in the recliner. We discussed a few things like boundaries, protection, etc. L had now that's that right there is interesting to me. In the times I've been hashtag blessed enough to engage in multiple people, you don't like say, at least I didn't. Nor did any of the participants say, hey, here's what we will be doing. Yeah. It just kind of happens. Uh-huh. But hey, you know what? This gentleman's doing it much more recently than I was, so I'll follow. Maybe this is like a 2021 thing. Yeah. Uh, we discussed a few things like boundaries, protection, etc. L had the same pr- L had same procedure done that T had done preventing any more kids. Ah. L said if T is okay with it, she too is okay with it. Now, it didn't take very long before Elle is sitting next to us. T began to kiss Elle. Now we're talking. God, I really am enjoying this podcast. (laughs) I asked Elle what kind of picture she wanted to send to the ex. She said nothing to... Now, if you remember, part of getting better at teasing is making sure that you also (laughs) recap. It's like watching an episode on Netflix in the previous season. If I'm not mistaken, the reason they were having the MFF is because T's, no, L, L is the third. Yeah. X wanted to always have an MFF. Yeah. Yep, and yep. so this was a way to 
piss him off by sending a picture of her having an MFF. Yeah. Okay. So that was the reason for this. Uh, I asked what uh, I asked Elle what kind of picture she wanted to send to the ex. She said nothing too revealing, just enough to drive him crazy. So I actually took a pic of TNL making out. It's been included with a little editing. That is correct. I am looking at it now. Uh, they enjoyed each other for a few minutes. Then they both turned their attention to me. One on each side of me, kissing my neck and my ear, my weak spot. I don't need to know about your weak spots. I don't, uh-huh. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm uncomfortable. I'm more uncomfortable with that than the Canetto salad. <laughs> After a few minutes of that, they began to undress one another. L has some amazing breasts, if I had to guess. <laughs> Why, am I the only one who puts the S on the, the yeah, word breast? Yeah, you're alone in that. Everyone's, everyone says Everyone breasts. else is singular. <laughs> L has some amazing breasts, if I had to guess, D range and an ass to match. Now, here, the thing about that is, and I hate because I feel like this might be kind of a, a St. Louis commentary, which it's not intended to be because mm-hmm. I know right now I am as unrelatable as fuck with not living here. Uh, but having a D cup and a big ass might not necessarily be the positive one might assume it is, mm. if you know what I mean. I, I think I do. I think we're talking about stepping on the scale. Right. But I don't know. It could be a wonderful situation. Yeah. Like I mean, Janine Lindemolder, who my all-time favorite, certainly was in that category. I don't know on the big ass, actually, but... Uh, either way, for the purpose of the story, that's what I'm going to picture. Clean shaven, which I'm always a fan of. T's breast, again, singular, <laughs> are a little smaller, despite the plural verb. A little <laughs> bit bigger of an ass and also clean shaven. At that moment, I decided I'm letting them take the wheel. I'm just along for the ride. I like that. I yeah, think that's the right play. play. It's the yeah. right play. Mm-hmm. Whether it was them enjoying each other or them enjoying me, it was a win-win. They led me into the bedroom and began to take off my clothes. Elle reaches into her nightstand and pulls out a magic wand of the Hitachi variety. She said she has always wanted to try this, and she explained what she wanted. Now, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine two girls tribbing, but instead of contact between the two of them, they are in the scissors position with the magic wand as the middle point of contact. And I was at the control of the wand. What I witnessed in those moments, I think, gives us all hope that women enjoy tribbing with that wand. After that, L asked me to take a picture of her down on T. I happily obliged. Watching T enjoy was being what was being done to her was one of the best things I've ever seen. She always said a woman satisfying another woman is always amazing because they know just how to do it. A little bit later on, T motioned for me to come near hers. She began to service me. Now at this point, L says that she too wants to join in, and they both begin service. I got it. I honestly, I'm loving it, but I'm skeptical. Hmm. Now you say, hmm, which I, now I feel like it invites attention to my skepticism. No, I'm thinking about it. I, it's just I, so vivid. Like, yeah. I don't remember what the hell happens when I've been, first off, you're usually a little fucked up. Yeah, it's tough is, to is, do is it like something I get together like at two in the afternoon before I go to the range, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. No. But, hey, listen, maybe it's a different situation, yeah. and, you know? But I'm just like, it's, it's, it's starting to sound a little bit like penthouse forum to me. Yeah. I was, it, it seems like something that was on some sort of message board or forum <laughs> on Reddit. Back, yeah. Back in the early two thousands. <laughs> that's the kind of vibe I'm getting I mean, yeah, I'm, I, And that's the thing. Like I'm enjoying it, but now I'm starting to wonder if it's real. Now the Canetto salad gives credibility to the bluff. If it is a bluff, but was the mindset of including the Canetto salad to give it credibility. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a tagline, <laughs> like the erotic story with the Canetto salad. So not to get confused with all the other erotic stories we do on here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is a hot podcast. Uh, a little bit later on T-Motion for me to come near. Is she, that's just not the way that it works. A guy doesn't say that. Yeah, this sounds you like know? he's writing a script. Like I remember one time when I'm engaging in one of these deals and the, the girl goes, all right, let's, let's, let's swap. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, good with me. Good with you. Yeah. Everybody's good. Let's go. I'm in. <laughs> I don't care. I am, I am a, I am a reptile. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter to yeah. me. Sounds good. We're all having fun. Everybody's consenting. Sounds good. But I would never tell the story to you, Jackson. She told me, come near. <laughs> yeah. There's no, it's just not the way it was. Cause no. it's like four in the morning. Everybody's sketched out in one bed and it's all, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Somebody's saying come near, but I mean, maybe that's the way it goes down. Maybe these things are like, you know, a, a Cinemax movie. Um, uh, now at this point, Elle says that she too wants to join and they both begin servicing me. Let me tell you, two tongues and mouths is better than one. But <laughs> well, yeah, this is what this is now you're now, now you're officially out. Just that, like that. I changed it just like that. Uh, I'm not sure how long that went on for because, well, you almost feel like you're on clouds. But as I was laying there, I felt L get up and begin to straddle me while T began to kiss her. A few minutes later, T comes and sits on my face, facing towards L, and I feel them kissing each other. After a few minutes of that, they switch. Now T knows from years of experience with me how to get me to that point from that position so I can feel her taking it a little easy on the thrust because she obviously doesn't want this to end, so I applaud her for that. <laughs> yeah, this, this goes on for some time. Self-indulgent, but I respect it. I think that not sure because my mind is in overload at this moment. We switched to a few different positions. At one point, the magic wand found its way into L's hand. Uh, let's see. Um... And then I'm just, for the purpose of expediting it, I finally uh, enjoyed myself. Uh, the three of us laid in bed for probably an hour, me between both of them. I showed Elle the two photos that were taken, and she said she loved them, but she had so much fun that she wouldn't be sending them to the ex. She even said she would be up for another round at that moment, and if she wanted to stay the night. We unfortunately had to go because, like I said, we still had kids at home, while they're old enough to be fine unsupervised for a while, a whole night would probably lead to a fire investigation. We did discuss another time when we can align a night away over the summer while the kids are gone. So stay tuned. I hope this was worth the wait. Signed, the lucky bastard. Jackson, your analysis, please. Well, he for for the word he used was my mind was overloading. He sure remembers a lot of the details mm. of this uh, mm. MMF. I think he might have been embellishing a little bit on some of the details. I don't doubt that the magic wand made an appearance. I hope it stayed away from him. Right. Always unfortunate. Um, so I, I actually do believe that this happened. The, the kind of... You think there might be some license taken with Yeah, there's the definitely some liberties uh, thrown around that I don't know necessarily if they happened. Um, but... Overall, seems like a really high quality evening. No, it does. I mean, and the it seems, salad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really a disappointment that there couldn't be a sleepover because that seems like another. Because you said another round plus a sleepover. Yeah, that could be a morning thing too. But that's always an issue. Yeah, here's the th here's what I'll tell you about this. Have mm -hmm. you been Have you been blessed enough to have? You have not. No. I can't tell if you're being sick because you looked at what you looked down right there. Which in in a normal <laughs> in a normal setting, 
if you fired a bet, I would call. I'm yeah. not sure, and I'd see what you do on the turn. Never, never been All involved right. in because Gangster anything. Pete really didn't want to participate in these discussions, which is fine. I don't care. Right. I uh, I never have had a threesome. Open to it. Sure. Open to it. I don't. It's a. I assume it's a tough thing to navigate yeah. logistically to make everyone happy, and that you kind of need a synchronize. Well, I go in knowing I'm going to make no one happy, so I, <laughs> yeah, I kind I of already know where lower I lower the bar. Yeah, level. absolutely. Just I'm kind of I'm kind of there, but <laughs> uh, but but you you would think I think that there if you get if if all the stars align and you, you're fortunate enough to experience that, that you're going to oh let's keep but in my experiences. I don't think that's necessarily the way that it's gone. But again, and I, it sounds like they just went out and had had Canettos. Mm-hmm. So their kinds of threesome is different than my experiences. Yeah. In that uh, it is a, uh, it is a, like, it's, if it's happening, it's happening super late at night. Yeah. And you're, you're fucked up. Yep. So if you've just gone out and you've filled your belly with fettuccine. That's <laughs> yeah, not the optimal, optimal. To me it's not. But again, you know. He's not. He's you know. He's clearly he remembers it all. Maybe they're in a spot where they could go again. And it's not to say I wouldn't be able to get to where I need to be to be able to go again. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, in my experience, for whatever reason, usually, if not every time, it's a one and it, you know. Yeah, it happens. And yeah, that's that. mm-hmm. but it's not like it's awkward. Everybody kind of knows what everybody's there for, and yeah. it's wonderful in that sense. But, um. I, I, but like the thought, the, the I think you would assume that there's so much sexual energy that every, that it's like okay, all right, let's rest up for however many minutes everybody needs, and then we'll go again. Yeah. And and with as many carbs as these three people ingested, <laughs> yeah, it seems I would like they can go they, all night. They, they would be able to go a few times. Yeah. But again, they had the kids situation. Yeah. So I don't true. know. I don't know. And I, you know, with COVID, I don't know. Not to be dear Deidre here with scolding <laughs> anybody, but with COVID, I don't know if we've seen a substantial decline in threesomes over the last. 16 months or so. Yeah. So you'd have to think. Yeah. So I don't know when this event took place. It sounds like it was recent. It's wonderful. Um, I hope they all get together again. I'm just, when I think, and I can pack and picture like moments from these things and I can picture like, and it's great that I can picture it. My God, cause yeah. here we are so long later and I'm thinking of it. It's, it's wonderful. Puts me in a really good place. Mm-hmm. Now, here's something by the way. Yeah. This is, this is how I still use my experiences. If I just double bogey a hole, I swear to you, I think of some of the things that I was fortunate enough to either witness or participate in. Great coping mechanism. I swear to you, I'm dead serious. That's awesome. I know. How fucked up is that? It's fucked up, but it's a great coping mechanism. it puts me in a good place mentally. Yeah, usually I just think, you know. Fuck this, I'm going to shoot a 48, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, yeah, there's. so I can still picture them, but again, I can't picture like in vivid detail Mm -mm. because... I'm I'm messed up, you know. Yeah, but hey, if all they did was eat pasta and salad, <laughs> you know, and it's like ten o'clock and they're getting this thing going, that's great, good for them. I mean, to me, that's the that's the better way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want me to forward this to you so you can look at the pictures, or do I just delete this? Uh, you can delete it. I got a good look. I got good Thank eyes. You. Tim, I was curious if you've been in touch with Young Page Views. I'm not a stoolie, but I had grown to like YP from his T, uh, TMA appearances. It seems like his last year has been a strange odyssey, culminating in him leaving Barstool shortly after finally returning to the office in January. Just wondering if there's anything you can share. Obviously not asking you to share anything confidential. That's some crazy legs. Uh, Yeah, I have to respect that. Um, But I had dinner, Anna Marie, 
and I had dinner with uh, YP and his fiance about, uh, I guess, a month-ish ago. They're living in um, West Palm, mm-hmm. and West Palm is 10 minutes away from where we are. And so, and on top of it, I've taken my son fishing, mm-hmm. and we have not caught a fucking fish. <laughs> And he goes, Dad, I guess there aren't fish in Florida. That's what he, yeah, of course not. No, if you're going to go fishing, you want to go yeah, anywhere but. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have, you know, so I'm just horrible at it. Mm-hmm. Horrible at it. So he's like, oh, yeah, 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 dude, I'll come up, I'll come up. I'll take him to like, you know, like the steak dude place and we can, you know, I'm like, I don't need that. I just, <laughs> I just need, I just want him to see one fish emerge from the water. It yeah. doesn't need to be anything fascinating just to say. <laughs> And I know he can do it. I can't. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I don't talk with him regularly. We text. I don't know once every week or two. Um, his fiance is super cool. She was in studio here. Mm-hmm. I guess it was a yearish ago. I guess no, that wouldn't have been a year ago. That wouldn't have been in studio. Two years ago, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no, couldn't have been because that's when the Blues were in the Stanley Cup run. I wonder when the hell she would have been in. Either way, uh, maybe like Christmas break and. In 2019, that would make the most sense. Yeah. Um, right. But she's great. She's she's outstanding. He is incredibly happy. Um, and uh, and so, you know, as far as, uh, you know, stuff like that, it's in a way, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's not because it, I don't like when people talk about my situations mm-hmm. because I know they think what they read in the newspaper is the truth. And, and I, when I say that, I'm not saying that from the standpoint of things are intentionally misrepresented. What I'm saying is I don't talk about it. I don't, I, I don't even talk about it like with you, Jackson. I mm-hmm. let you in on some stuff here, what, like a week ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, uh, that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And I certainly don't go into the newspaper and talk about it. That's not the way I operate. Um, and so when you have a situation like he had, Mm -hmm. I recognize that that which has been publicized is what understandably, because why wouldn't people think that that is what it is? Yeah. And so it's not my place to go into, because I, because I don't have, I don't have both YP and a representative from Barstool here to give their versions. And so all I'd be doing is contributing to speculation and that's not fair. Yep. Um, so that's why, and again, I say it's not, I know people be interested in it. I absolutely know that because I know that's kind of how the thing works, but I know I don't like it. So I wouldn't want to do it to somebody else. I don't like it when it involves me. And I also didn't like it when it involved, when I was operating radio stations, um, when inside STL was in control of content, uh, or, or staffing, I guess I should say. Um, and people would like just come up with their own realities. It's, you know, yeah. It's, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I say it's not, I shouldn't say it's nuts. It's nuts to me because I know it's not right. And by right, I mean, it's inaccurate. But at the same time, I find myself doing the same thing. One of the questions we got a few weeks ago is what have you found that you've changed your mind on with regard to policy over the years or a candidate, for example? And I wouldn't say I've necessarily had that happen specifically that I can think of at the top of my mind, but I can think of like catching myself going, Oh, this is the shit I complain about when it involves me. 
but now here I am participating and it would involve somebody else, whether I'm talking about on the radio or I'm just bullshitting with somebody, even if I know that the conversation is not malicious, Mm -hmm. that you just think you know what happened. And then I go, oh, it's not, it's not what happened. Mm Mm-hmm or I know, I know what was written about my situation. And again, I, I, I make it, it isn't intended to say they're writing things falsely intentionally, fake news, fake news. I'm not saying that I'm not going to go into detail about things. Um, when some of the details might not be flattering to other parties, uh, cause there's, what do I going to get out of that? I'm gonna get headaches and yeah. I have no interest in that. And maybe I'll get, Oh man, that was badass that you did that. Okay, great. I don't care. I would much rather not have somebody blowing me for something being badass and rather just be able to go about living my life and not get into some Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, thread where people are engaging in, you know, what, what, what really is the equivalent of gossip, but that gossip fuels interest in the business. So it cuts both ways. Yeah. So specific to the question that uh, crazy legs asked here, I, um, I have a friendship with YP um, I've been around his fiance, I guess a few times, two times that I can think of in the studio when we had dinner. Um, my wife, uh, really like, uh, really likes Ben mm-hmm. YP and, um, and his fiance, um, and thinks really highly of him and, uh, you know, but, but with that all said, I know that, um, I haven't had a chance to, nor, nor will I have a chance to, nor would I even ask to have the chance to have a conversation with any barstool reps, whether that be Dave Portnoy or Eric Nardini or anybody at barstool to get their side of it. It's not because it's not anything that I'm involved in. Yeah. It's not any of my business, but that's how I view it. You know, that's how I view it. You could, you could ask Doug, the cat and me for our versions of the history of TMA, even like the last two years. And you would probably get some, somewhat, somewhat, differing accounts of, of history. Um, so much less when, and, and we're three people who get along Yeah. much less when you have like a divorce mm-hmm. that, you know, and having lived through that, albeit at this point, 13 years ago, but, um, and no kids, fortunately in a brief marriage, but you don't know it until you live it. But it's, it's, it's one of those things that people take sides yeah, and then they've only heard the side of the person who they're friends with. Yep. And it's, 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 it's one of those things like people, like Anna Marie and I were bullshitting about this, about people cheating. Mm -hmm. And I said, like, she'll joke, she goes, you know, just joke when I get a text, oh, who's that bitch that you, you know, you just met like, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, absolutely. All the women are all over me. They can't get enough (laughs) of me in South Florida. Um, you know, and it's just a, it's a running joke for us over years. And I'm like, I mean, I think about it and, but, but, but again, I've been there. Yeah. It's like, if you've been there, then you know, but if you haven't been there, then you don't know. And I go, there's just not any way in the world, period, period. Not only would I not fuck somebody else, uh-huh. unless Anna Marie's like, if you'd like to fuck her, go fuck her. Yeah. But and then, not, not only would I not fuck somebody else. Even if I'm in a spot where somebody like DMs me, and I want to make this clear, this doesn't happen like often. Yeah. But a female DMs me, and it, I can kind of pick up the read that it might want to like, you know, it's yeah. not, it's, it, it, I don't know how to describe it, but you kind of sense it. And it's like, I can't even, like, so my tactic to respond is, yeah, you know, Anna Marie and I, so I mention her right yeah. out of the gate. It's like, bring I'm up, not, to family. me, then you know if uh-huh. you're on the other end, like, 
It ain't happening. Don't fuck with it. And then on top of it, if and when, and I say when more than if, it's screenshotted and passed around. Yeah. You go, well, fuck, he mentioned his wife right away. And, yeah. You know, because it, 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 that's that's reality. I just assume anything that I am participating in with some DM, the stranger on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram is going to be it's shipped around. That's it's just the way that it is. Absolutely. Yeah. But that, that can include guys talking about the show. For sure. Much less. So my point being, like, would I risk my family to just have like a one-off sex or sexual experience with something. And I'm just, I'm just telling as somebody who has been there and been divorced and without kids, it's not even, it's not even like, it's so it's such an insta ship situation of no. And, and listen, this isn't like, Oh my God, I know I'm fucking around. And so I'm going to doth protest. Yeah. It's just, it's real easy. It's mm-hmm. real easy. Um, for me personally, it is. Now, that's not to say it was real easy when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like to, to risk not being able to be with my, my wife and my son every single day. I mean, it's not even a, so I can fuck somebody real quickly. And it would be that that I mean, I just it's not it's not even a sweat. Yeah. And then Anna goes, well, then why do so many people do it? I go, I don't know if so many people are doing it. Maybe they think about it. But my guess is and now I'm, I could be wrong on this that if you have cheated and it broke up a marriage and in particular a family, like we're, you're bringing kids into it, mm-hmm. there's no way in the world you would ever do that again. At least I think that now I could be wrong on that, but uh-huh. that is, that is certainly my mindset. Cause you, cause what the, here's the thing, like when it, when it gets down to it, it's still just sex. Yeah. And like, like, so the, the thing that I always use, the juice being worth the squeeze, it's not, it's like, okay, that was, don't get me wrong, that was enjoyable, but was it worth? And it's not even like a remote analytic to ca- calculate. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how much of it really goes on. I don't know. Maybe it does go on. I don't, th- I, I, when I say this, I'm saying it from a place of sincerity. I truly do not know any of my married friends or even like acquaintances where I'm going, Oh yeah, he's fucking around and whatever. It's their business. It's not mm-hmm. my place to get involved and like comment or scold them for it. So maybe I guess if it does go on, it's like super, super, super stealth. Yeah. But it would be so easily trackable. Yeah. You know, especially now. Like, now people have arrangements in 2021. They may not have had 20 or 30 years ago. That's fair. I don't know how common that is. You know, I make no secret of my quests, <laughs> but you know, that that's, that's me and my wife, mm-hmm. you know, but as far as like, to me, to me, it's a bigger betrayal of trust. If somebody is even going to lie about anything, like I'm going out with my girlfriends and then, you know, say we're going to this place, but then we go to that place with, as opposed to like a, a consensual thing where you're bringing another person or people in from my standpoint, even texting and flirting with somebody is a bigger betrayal yeah. than the act. Uh-huh. If everybody's cool with it, yeah. that, then I want to make, because to me, that's not a betrayal at all. So to, so to even go down that road where I'm like, oh yeah, this is fun. It's an outlet. I'm going to, you know, this is fun. And I know that nothing's going to happen, but we'll just tee hee hee. Because if my wife saw that, she'd be like, well, what the fuck? We've been together 13 years. And now in 2021, and we have a three-year-old. And you're going to sit here and fuck around on some DM with some, 
that would, I mean, that would always be there Yeah. to me. But the, the whole purpose of the, how the story got going here is, is two sides to a story. Yep. And it's just in reality, and I understand it. It's just, it's the nature of breakups. It's an unfortunate nature of breakups. Friends do not remain friends with both parties, usually, especially in a divorce. And especially if kids are involved in a divorce, they choose. There was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode about it. Yep. But just like I said, coming from it, and again, a marriage that was four years and it's been 13 years and there were no kids. Um, and for the record, 100% my fault. Um, but I mean, I was just a absolutely, totally different human being. Doesn't matter. It's still my fault. But what I recall hearing some things about what was being, you know, theorized or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then what actually really happened, you just go, that fucking sucks. Yeah. But then you just kind of get used to it. How about this? I was out playing golf. I think the, I think Cletus won't mind that I'm going to, he's cause it's not like he's the one that was doing it. And I didn't know him at the time. But he's, and I don't know what the hell it was. I think he was saying it was a doctor's appointment. And, and this is like right when I was getting divorced. This is a long time ago. Yeah. I mean, you're nine. <laughs> uh, and somehow, and I have no idea how the hell I would have come up in a doctor's appointment. Maybe it wasn't a doctor's appointment, but I don't know what the, and the doctor, a lady says, oh yeah, uh, did you hear Tim McKernan's getting divorced? Oh, you should hear what happened there. And I'm like, and he goes, I don't want to hear I'm, I'm, what in the world is this? Yeah. What? But that's, you know, but that, and then, so I have, I'm what I'm, I think I've said this every week here over the last few weeks. And I don't know if it's maybe just not being in the area or something like that to appreciate certain things that I really don't like, um, or realize how much it means to me to not have certain things in my life. Gossip being a huge one of them. Um, is recognizing that there's two sides of a story and then that also that I would sometimes be guilty of doing the things that I'm sitting there talking about. Mm -hmm. And so with that, it's like when I read this question, I think if I get this question even five years ago, so not even like 10 or 15 years ago, I go, oh God, yeah, I, I know what happened there. I saw, I know. And, and the reality is I don't because I haven't talked with Dave Portnoy or Eric and Ardini or whoever else was involved at Barstool. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I know I like Ben. I know I like YP quite a bit. I know I think he's ridiculously talented, but I haven't talked with them. So, and I'm not going to, not because I'm like mad, just because I know I don't, I don't, I don't know them and why would they? Yeah. So that's, it's, it's not my place. I get, I, I, this isn't the first time I've been asked this question. I actually think it's on the fan page. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Today, 45 minutes ago, it was posted. Not really a question, but I would love to hear YP's side of the story with the Barstool. Uh, so I get asked about it. Mm -hmm. I'm just finally catching up on emails here. And I get people's curiosity with it. That's a different situation because they intentionally use conflict as part of their... Yeah, it's all part of the show. Part of the show. Yeah. So you have that. So I know Ben's, you know, I know Ben. And that's that's what I, you know... Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So that's why it's like, and, and I, and I recognize in, in fairness to crazy legs, you know, so I'm not going to go into it. And, and, but here's the thing, I guess what I'm trying to finally get to saying is this, when you think, you know, you probably don't, unless you have talked with both parties involved in a dispute. Um, 
because people people will be telling their side from obviously a place of bias and probably something that I think would be unintentional, which is selective recollection of events. Because if something gets really bad and really out of hand, I'm not saying that this situation did, but I'm talking about whether it be a divorce or an employment fallout or something along those lines, there's probably a hell of a lot more to it than, than yeah, and this person just did this. It's like when somebody goes, yeah, he just blocked me on Twitter. Well, I mean, there had to be a, this Doug and I joke, we don't just like sit around and like play Twitter roulette and scroll through our followers and just hit block for fun. Yeah. You know, so there has to be something that you like some for people to wear that shit as a badge of honors, whatever. It's where we are with that. But that's, that's my premise on it is that there are two sides to the story. And then also, if you are in a position where your situation is for whatever reason, whether it be for gossip reasons or people are passionate about your show as can be the case with our situation, what upside is there into going public? It might be therapeutic initially as in short-term gratification, but now something now, now you've got people sounding off on your side of the story. And then the other part party is going to be pissed off that you went public with it. Mm -hmm. Now it is one of those things, the proverbial, I won't start it, but I will finish it, especially mm -hmm. if I know what I know. And then I have proof of what I know. That's kind of easy, but I'm just not really interested in it. As I oftentimes say, Bert Kaufman, owner of 920, he said, don't waste your time on things that have no upside and never get into a war of words with a compulsive liar. <laughs> great advice. And it's just, and I swear to you, those two things were said in his office, which looked like an office from like 1968 with everything printed out and filed, everything filed, all these files. And I'm like, my God, as is, 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 is much as he's just like having a conversation with me, I am going to hold on to that. Because essentially, it's the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Yeah. He's just not saying it in the, the girl next door way. He's saying don't waste time on things. that Don't, don't waste any time on something that doesn't have any up, upside. Yep. Um, so with that, you know, I would love to give, I would love to be able to say, here's what, you know, here's what I think happened or here's mm -hmm. what I, but I, but I don't know both sides of the story. So all I'd be doing is participating in the shit that I don't like to to have done to me. Uh, let's see. Hi, Tim. You haven't had any podcast interview sit downs with individuals since the pandemic began. I know you've said you prefer doing those in person. If slash when you move to Florida, how do you view doing interviews moving forward? Are there some people you have in mind for when those do start back up? Thanks. That's from R in the Lou. Um, th th I think that the thing with me moving to Florida is I think some people might think that is more like, like on the verge of happening than it is. Mm -hmm. But I just, it was on my mind. I guess it was two weeks ago that we talked about that Jackson, yeah. like in, mm -hmm. in extensively. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so like even my, even my family, even my wife's parents, I think, think like I was I said to Anna Marie, I said, I think that, you know, like we're certainly talking about it, but it is not as um, uh, inevitable, I guess is the word that I would say. Uh, maybe some people, because I've talked about it now publicly, are assuming that it is. It is not. It is not. Um, now, with regard to in-person interviews, I think those days are done. I think those days are done for the most part. And here is why. It was already, I'll just call it a pain in the ass, but a push mm -hmm. is what uh, Tony LaRusse would call it when it was like a thing that was an effort and a tough decision and so on and so forth to get people to come into the studio. They'd be like, I'll just call. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we'd rather you come in studio. And they're like, okay, fine. Like, so if you want to get good guests, those good guests usually have things that they would rather be doing. That's why they're good guests. Yeah. 
And like, if somebody asked me to do their podcast, you're like, sure, I'll be happy to do it. Well, you're, we, we do it in Wentzville. I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. care who's doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, so that's, so, so I, so now 15 months into the zoom culture, that is the way I think it is going to be done. Mm -hmm. So I've said, I don't think Howard Stern is ever going back into the studio in Manhattan. And I don't think I would love to have people in studio, but I don't think that's going to happen like it did for the first three ish years of this podcast, two and a half years of this podcast, where every week we had a new guest and almost every one of them, I'd say 90 plus percent, maybe 95% were in studio in a way though. The positive of that is it will free us up to, I think not only do more, but have people on more often and more accessible. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, can you just do 20 minutes? We're just going to do, and then just pop on zoom and we record it. Yep. So I like that. Um, I don't think initially the Zoom interview was as good as a face-to-face -face in person, but now that the Zoom conversation slash interview has become so commonplace, yeah, I think it the quality of it, as far as not not audio quality, but the quality of the interview can be much better than it initially was when Zoom first started really entering mm -hmm. you know mainstream America in March of 2020. So that's my thought uh, on, on that. What are your, what are your thoughts on in-person interviews, zoom interviews, action Jackson? Um, I think zoom interviews, like you said, are the way of the future. Uh, I know a bunch of different podcast networks, uh, the ringer being one of them does every single podcast they do right now is via zoom. They just plug their snowball microphone in there and you couldn't tell the difference from them being in a studio because yeah. the microphones are really good. And you just plug it in, Zoom recognizes it, pop. And uh, yeah, and I do think there's a really interesting uh, component of that with just like a 20-minute quick interview because if someone comes down here to Kirkwood to do an interview, you're going to be settling in for a good absolutely hour and 30, which is great. That's but awesome. But they have to they have to then drive and then they have to, it, it, you know, and then that kind of limits it real. Like I remember trying to get Israelhausen. I know it would be a great one. Mm -hmm. It would be a great one. Yeah. Great, 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 great entertainment. I think really reflective. I think he's got a very uh, healthy self-awareness. He's got incredible stories from Oakland, much less his time with the Cardinals. Um, how he stuck it out, how he became a professional ball player. He's from the area. He grew up a Cardinal fan. Those 80s teams I'm talking about, that's what he grew up with. And then I said, yeah, can you come in? He goes, why the fuck am I coming in? And I go, so we can do the interview. He goes, oh, let's do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I think it'd be better if you... And he's like, okay, I'll think about it. Maybe we'll... Once I'm like, yeah. And just like that. Yeah. I'm like, hey, can you pop on Zoom and we can do this thing? I think we would wind up. And I think it would... Would it be better? Like, would it be a 10 out of 10 in studio? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't have a doubt in my mind mm -hmm. with, I'm talking about him specifically. Yeah. Um, I think it might be a nine over zoom and yeah. I don't know why. And maybe it won't be, maybe it won't be. Yeah. Uh, but the, maybe it'll be just as good. I don't know. Yeah. You can also, it, it opens up to a wider variety of people. And Absolutely. It, and it's the, it's the happy medium. Cause I personally would be hard pressed to listen to an hour and a half phone interview. It's just, it's tough audio wise and the chem it just you know it's hard to feel it yeah um but with a zoom one i uh, i know i have listened to hour and a half interviews on zoom you know so yeah. it, it's definitely and i think if you a year ago we wouldn't be saying the same thing because, absolutely not because zoom was brand new 
uh, the software itself has updated since, and it's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and people are still getting used to the timing of it all, the yeah. tiniest little delay that's in it, which isn't bad at all, but it, there is a tiny little delay. But now that we're so used to it, uh, and I'm sure that microphone sales on Amazon are through the roof because not only are everyone using Zoom, everyone has a podcast. So yeah. I assume that uh, there people are getting more wise to it. And most athletes, like if you were to do like an athlete, even if they don't do a podcast, they stream on Twitch and they have a microphone. Right. So you're really going to get a quality interview, most likely, from a lot of people via Zoom. So I think, yeah, so I think it's changed. I just think it's changed. Um, so again, I think, I think you might, and I think it'd be disingenuous if I were to sit and go, I think it'll be just as good now. I don't, mm -hmm. it might be, I just, if I'm going into it thinking it won't be as good, but I think it'll be much better than I would have said it would be this time 10 months ago. Yeah. And the, the positive, if you are a listener and for me as a host and you as a producer, Jackson, is the ability to get people on will be so much better. Yeah. And just go, yeah, 20 minutes and you can, you're in your office at home good let's come on you yep. know yep. and and we do it and and that really will allow us i think to do more than we were able to do it became it got to a point i talked about this on the podcast it got to a point that we had interviewed everyone i mean we did a new interview every week mm -hmm. every week i think during christmas maybe we ran two parters with gabe and can't recall the other one. Oh, yp actually ironically um just because we went like three hours um, but, uh, a new guest every week from October 1st, 2017 until like mid April, 2020. Yeah. That's not easy to do no. when, you know, you're trying to make sure that the guests are not just like, you're not just like getting like a, and no disrespect to a beat rider, but these weren't just like, so what do you think the Cardinals will do with the trade deadline? Really? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about the bullpen? You think Schilt's going to be, you know, I mean, that that's not what the interviews were. Not no. disrespecting those kinds of interviews, but that's not what I was doing. It's not what I was interested in. I'm not going to do shit I'm not interested in. And so we were making sure that they were big names of topics I was interested in. So I'm engaged. Mm -hmm. And we got to a point where I'm going, you know, as far as for what we're doing in the St. Louis area, we've kind of gotten to a point where we've almost had everybody. Yeah. So it was not easy. Um, so yeah, you'd be running out essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, there are topics that I would love to revisit with people, but then to get them to come in a studio, it was almost like, Oh, can you do it? Okay. Can you do it like at 1030? Cause otherwise, you know, the studio won't be available to do it whenever we need to do it. Yep. And to be able to do it with people whenever it works for them Yeah. and not have to come in a studio. I think that is going to be a real positive. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited about Definitely. about that even though i know that the in-studio thing it's like with sound story sound story online at uh, mysoundstory.com i still have some people and i get it i get it um who are like i'll just wait till kfns is allowing guests back in the building and i don't know when that's going to be um it's yeah. gonna, you know I mean, it, is what it, it seems like yeah it just but it understandably it keeps getting pushed back they don't want to have that you know yeah. that, that responsibility and i get it um and so I sit there and I go, yeah, I can do it over Zoom, but some people just really want to do it in person. And I get that. I don't fault them for that. I don't know how likely that is to be an option realistically going going forward. But maybe it can be. I don't know. But as far as podcasts go, um, you know, I think that that will be, uh, I, think, I think it'll cut both ways, but I think it'll wind up being greater positive than I would have thought for sure. Eight months ago. Hey, uh, you know the name Tom Traven is the glove blogger. What about Steve Straven? 
He <laughs> declares that not hiring a professional is a mistake that will come back to bite you. And that's with regards to uh, water leaking at a home in Chesterfield. A roof leaked in Webster and mold was discovered behind a wall during a remodel in O'Fallon. It may not have happened to you yet, but it does happen. The good people at Restoration One of Central St. Louis were there to help. The number one influencer in the restoration industry, Steve Straven, declares that not hiring a professional is a mistake that will come back to bite you. When the situation arises, the wisest choice you can make is to call Restoration One of Central St. Louis. Store the words water and mold in your phone along with this number, 314-565-1962, to get in touch with the great Jim Rogers and his staff at Restoration One of Central St. Louis online at restoration1ofcentralstlouis.com or call 314-565-1962. Action Jackson, you're working with Mark Hanna of Evergreen Well Strategies. Tell me about your experience and tell me about it now, boy. Mark Hanna is not only a fantastic financial advisor, he is. but he is just a wonderful human being. He is. He takes interest in my personal life. You know, he he could he can do everything a financial advisor can do, but he does it with that personal touch that is so important. And because you're you're asking this guy to help you with your money, one of the most important parts of your life. So you want to trust that person. And I couldn't suggest anyone more highly than Mark Hanna. Well, there you go. I don't think I need to say anything else, but I will say his phone number so you can uh, experience what Jackson has as well. 314-889-0503. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com and uh, Design Air, Heating and Cooling, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air, Service.com. You saw the TV commercial. Were you I the one saying? Nope. Who saw the TV commercial? Was it I think Doug. Doug saw it? Okay. Yeah. Either way, sitting around uh, last yesterday, Mother's Day, my parents' house and I'm like, wow, that's a Design Air spot. Good for Seth. Well, the business is growing. That's part of the deal. And that's a great thing. Why is the business growing? Because people are starting to realize just how good design air heating and cooling are. There is a difference. There is an absolute difference. You can get a $17 a month maintenance program from design air heating and cooling. $17 a month. And while Jackson and I are sitting here on May 10th, 2021, the temperature outside is 48 degrees. Is that right? It's, I wouldn't be surprised. It was about 38 when I left this morning. That can't be right. I think my thing hasn't updated. It says at 11 o'clock, it'll be 55 and it's 1113. So either way, 55. Yeah, Point 55. is, I'm looking at the forecast um, and there is going to be a day in the 80s on Monday, which would be the 17th. At some point soon, you're going to see 90s. And when that happens, some people's air conditionings aren't going to work and then design air heating and cooling is going to get a bunch of calls. And when that happens... You're going to be at the back of the line. Do it now. Get the maintenance check now. And then that way, when it does get hot, and you know that's going to happen, you are taken care of. Design Air Heating and Cooling. Designairservice.com. Hey, Tim, congrats on the great run in the 200K in DraftKings. Was checking the leaderboard on Saturday and saw your name way up there. Didn't look thoroughly, but nobody above you had answer late on Sunday. Too bad he didn't get hot. No cash call tomorrow. Congrats again. That's from Ryan Judd. Jackson, we didn't talk about it last week because mm -hmm. uh, this email is from last Sunday night. Um, but the Tam Avenue Capital Partners uh, did really well. Hell yeah. Uh, last Sunday and won 13,000, I think ish. 13,000. Nice. And here's sort of the purpose of 
I think I have some cockpits stored in here, so I don't want you to look at those. Well, no. at least I'm going to act like I don't want you to look at those. <laughs> I'm going to hand you my phone. Yeah. And this is, um, this is what we were winning. So that was last week. We won thirteen thousand at the what was the thing last week? Uh, that was Valspar. Bar. Yeah. Uh, we had Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns. Holy shit. Hovland answer like the top of the leaderboard we had yeah. and we finished sixth in the 200,000. Um, here is what we were winning at 1025 yesterday morning in this past weekend's event. Take a look. You see the upper right hand corner. There. You can read the numbers. 44,145. That's correct. Jeez. So I had at that time, so you can see it. That's sixth place in the uh, 200000 which was winning $8,500, and also 11th place in the 200000 Now, Iggy doesn't believe in building cores, and maybe he knows something I don't know. Yeah, well, it's that's evident. why you build cores, and, uh, and we, like I, I said this on the podcast a few weeks, I think it was after the Masters. I said, uh. it's just going to happen, because now it, I, my analogy was, it reminded me, of something with playing the game of poker, which I was an absolute losing player, mm -hmm. a horribly losing player. Um, and then a couple things either I read about or I picked up on, and then it just started to change. And so now with Daily Fantasy, it has started to change. Now, the deal with Daily Fantasy is it, it's similar to poker. You can be a great player, but you get it in with ace-king, somebody has queens, run it a hundred times, you're going to win about half, they're going to win half. So you're still subjected to that. Yeah. So with yesterday, you saw that approximately 24 hours ago, we were winning $44,000. We wound up winning just shy of 5,000. Not bad. And the reason is, um, we had, uh, Keith Mitchell was our big play mm -hmm. and he was in the lead and he did not play well yesterday. Yeah. We also had Luke List. Yeah, I saw him on the number one leader on the number one roster. Yeah, and he, I felt like, and I could be wrong on this, and this is kind of going golf centric here. But in watching that, those were there; those were two guys not trying to win. Mm -hmm. Those were two guys trying to make sure they t tend it for status purposes. Yeah, just by the way, it was I with Luke List. It was either nerves or it was I'm going to avoid a three putt, a, a screaming tell for a professional golfer, much less an amateur golfer on nerves is leaving putts short Yeah, for a, prof a pro professional golfers do not leave putts short. They'll miss them and they might miss them by a decent amount, but it'll be long or yep. it'll be left or right. Give it a chance. It will not be missed short. Yeah. And Luke list was on back to back holes. Actually. So I'm I'll leave it short. And I was just like, Oh my God, I felt badly for him, but yeah. he's a guy in 2018 in the Honda classic. He, he was the leader and he kind of fell apart and then he wound up going to a playoff with Justin Thomas and he, you know, it's a huge fairway on 18 at that course, hmm. pushed it right, then pulled it into the stands and it was just an implosion. So I knew going into yesterday, I'm like, I'm kind of leveraged on Luke List and I know he's got the gene. We've talked about the gene. Mm -hmm. There's killers or they get killed. Yep. Killer be killed. And Keith Mitchell, I said to the guys... Tam Avenue Capital Partners. I said, we are in a good spot here with Keith Mitchell because I know he's not a big name, but I saw him. If he misses at the Honda Classic in 2019, he won it. He had to get up and down from about 125 out on 18 
And if he didn't, uh, he would have been in a playoff with Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. And he did. He got on the green and sunk a 15-footer to win his first PGA tournament. Yeah. So I'm like, this guy's got it. Uh-huh. He isn't going to be a folder. And I don't know what happened yesterday, but he was he was not right. Yeah. So maybe it just was a bad day. But that doesn't usually happen to the to the guys who are the guys you think of at the top of the game. So unfortunately, and that's what happened. So who wound up finishing second? A guy of the caliber of Abraham Answer. I know he hasn't won on tour, but he's really good. He's really really good. Yeah. Who was there yet again? Victor Hovland. Really. And then good. the guys who were kind of lurking. You always know it. You you know like Satoshi Kadaira. He was like top five. And I'm like, you know, this motherfucker, you know, he's just going to fold up. It's just the way that it is. Yeah. So we have had back to back weeks um, with the Tam Avenue Capital Partners. And like I said, essentially, it's a system. It's a system. Um, But the thing is about the system to me is you don't want to talk about the system Mm -hmm. because you don't want more people to become aware of the system. Yep. At least that's how I look at it. Yeah. You don't want to share your information. Yeah. That's that. That's part of winning is is being hip to some shit that other people aren't hip to. Absolutely. So thank you for the congratulations. I we haven't talked about it on TMA, and I won't talk about it on TMA because I just don't think it'll play well on TMA. You know, and why won't it? Okay, so you agree with me? Why won't it play well on TMA? Uh, unrelatable. Yeah. Unrelatable texters. Iggy will say I made eight bucks, and that'll just personify the issue even further. <laughs> You're learning very quickly. <laughs> no, you've only been part of the universe for five months. Yeah. Right. Now, I own 10% of this. Yeah. So it's $1,500 that I have I have netted. Uh-huh. And while $1,500 is wonderful, I don't think anybody listening to this would have their lives changed by winning $1,500. I realize $1,500 hits some people harder or better than others, but the it's not like, like you. Here's a young tyke at 23 renting mm-hmm. an apartment with two other guys, right? Yep. You wouldn't be like... Sweet, I can now get a, I can now get a house. No, nothing would change. See what change. I'm saying? Yeah. So if now if I had it, the fifteen thousand dollars, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be yeah. certainly would be nice, no question about it. But fifteen hundred dollars, not as nice. And here's the reality of yesterday: you saw at ten twenty five, we were in forty four thousand dollars. Yeah. And while we wound up with like forty seven or forty eight hundred, it was disappointing. Yeah. It was certainly profitable, back to back weeks of substantial profit. But yeah, it's when you were there. And and we were winning one of the contests, Jackson. Mm-hmm. I guess I can pull that. And I knew we had Luke List. And so Luke List, I'm watching this with my family on Mother's Day. It's such a great treat for my mom. <laughs> uh, we're winning this contest. You see this here. We're in first place. Yep. And that pays $5,000. Yep. When Luke List birdied 17, I said to my dad, I go, ooh, that probably made me another 1000 or 2000 or our group another 1000 or 2000 It turns out it cost me $2,500 because my roster that was winning the $5,000 didn't have list. Yeah. And the guy in second place did, and that moved him ahead of me. Yeah. So that's one of the things. I don't know how the people who have done that, like the wizard, for example, I'm sure he has a system. Like I'm starting to build a system and it's working. Mm-hmm. I, I still, with that said, with feeling like I've built a system and it, if we profit a third week in a row, I'd be stunned. Yeah. It'd be tough. Because it's, it's, it's like playing in a poker tournament. More often than not, I'm going to run deep than somebody who doesn't know how to play the game. But I'm also going to get knocked out because yeah. part of the game is shoving all in when you're on a draw. Yeah. Because you have fold equity. You might win the hand with the guy folding or you might hit your card. But when you're shoving like that, if the guy calls, you're behind. Yeah. So, you know, so the point being there's variance. But you want to you can hit a few times. I mean, at this point now, we've won $15,000 the last two weeks. 
you know, we're playing with, with some, there won't be a cash call for a good long while, but all of us also kind of know that there probably will be a cash call. So we didn't do like a distribution on it. Yeah. Um, because we're playing for fun. We're not going, okay, well shit. All right. This is half my paycheck. I'll Venmo it over to you, Tim. Let's hope that Keith Mitchell can make a fucking putt. It's not the way that it works. No. Uh, you know, you're playing with disposable income and just fucking off with it. But either way, it is amazing to me that there truly is some semblance of a system and then once, and, that, and again, I feel like I've read chapter one. I can't imagine the guys who do it regularly, but they're absolutely, there absolutely is a system because I have consciously, since the masters changed the way that we handled building out the rosters. I mean, I just, again, this is, this is, it's, it's more just to validate what I'm doing. So Jackson sees it, but you see the players, you see their prices, you see their projected ownership. Yeah. And then very organized. You see all that's built out, and there's what ten rosters there on that page. There's another ten. There's another ten. There's color coding. Oh yeah, you're putting Excel to work there. Yeah, um, and that's how you do it. Yeah, you don't go. No, I mean I think Rory's been playing well because that's Rory yeah. hasn't been playing well. No, he's Rory, been doing Rory the was like on the verge of tears after the Players' Championship two months ago. Yeah, and that's the time to buy Rory stock. Yep, because it's not like the man forgot how to play the game of golf. So Rory was projected at like a 12% ownership. He's one of the best players in the world. You can get him at 12% ownership, you buy him. Yeah, it's no doubt. Um, John Rahm was 21%-ish ownership. Great player, could certainly have won. That's why we weren't on John Rahm. That's just part of what, again, and this is kind of, I'm sure some people listen like, yeah, motherfucker, I get that, and I still lose. But that's the point. Uh, swimming upstream has, has payoff. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, oh, this is good. Uh, and we're still in May, Jackson. So this whole thing of catching up on them all, I don't know if this is going to happen. Uh, Tim was binging some QFTA today. Do you think people binge QFTA? Uh, if you're is like, it a bingeable, I, I guess it could, if you really enjoy it and you got a long drive. Some of it's evergreen. Yeah. Other stuff is less evergreen. Uh, pretty much everything we've talked about today outside it's of what we just fast. talked about yeah. was pretty much evergreen. So yeah, I could see people binging it, but you'd have to have a long drive or really are yeah. like running a lot. Cause yeah, that's the play. Yeah. You know, the run is, was my podcast time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim was binging some QFTA today and the topic came up about having a nice car in St. Louis. And it's something that has recently become a topic for me. To put it in context, I'm 24, graduated college with an engineering degree a few years back. It's one of your people, Jackson. Yeah. Got a solid paying job and bought a house in South City. A few months ago, I bought a Tesla, mainly because it was something I knew I would thoroughly enjoy. I truly just did it for me. What I have found is that when people find out I have bought a Tesla in St. Louis, it's almost like I have to downplay it as much as possible to justify it always have to bring up the long-term cost savings, gas prices, et cetera, when in reality it was just something I wanted to do and worked hard to be able to do. Seems very backwards to me, but yet I continue to do it. If you do read this on the podcast, I'd prefer you just call me by my text name, Betty Humpter. Perfect. Quality. I don't know what that is about. I guess if I can do another homework assignment, I'd like to try to dig into what that is about outside of, I know it exists, and I know some of you listening to this know it exists, and I also know some of you listening to this don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but that is, and I don't, and I here's here's also this is this is kind of me trying to come to terms with my blind spots. 
I've lived basically nowhere but the state of Missouri, minus eight months in Little Rock. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is common all over the place. I don't think it is. I'd be really surprised if it is. I would say, and I think we talked about this, Jackson, I would say the opposite is what I see in Palm Beach County. Yeah. But, I, but I'm sure part of that is a keeping up with the Joneses thing. And uh-huh. the other part of it is so many people are real estate agents and part of real, selling real estate is to project success. And yep. the way you do that is with cars. Uh-huh. So I don't, know, I don't know what that is about, but I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. I had, this is before you were working here. I got rid of it, I guess, when my lease was up like last July or August. I guess what would be called a very nice car, I guess. I don't even like saying that because I know it like, gets me killed. Just by saying those words, I had a very, I, which is not the point. Because I had, had done, done, driven nothing but big SUVs for a while. I'm just like, I've had enough of that for my wife with having that motherfucker in the garage. It drove her up the wall. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, I, don't, I don't want it. So I'm like, oh, I'll get this car. And, and I didn't even, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, this is, this is I don't want this. So now I have switched. And have just what is kind of just a solid car. I would describe it. It's, you know, solid. Because I, I don't want to call attention to myself with a car. Yeah. It's not who I am. It's never been who I am, actually. Um, and really, to me anyway, in 2021, even if it is, I don't even know. I don't want to name a brand, especially when we have uh, automotive sponsors on the program. No doubt. But but that's not the reason. It's it, The premise is, if you get a new car now... It's not like when you were like getting a gremlin in the 70s or a Pinto or something where you had to fear that it might explode on you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everything pretty is, solid. is pretty solid. And they got the bells and whistles on it yeah, too. Yeah, everything. It's just a different deal. Now, I think I talked about this on TMA, cruising. Mm-hmm. Do we have that anywhere in St. Louis? I don't even know like what would justify like is cruising you just go out at night and drive it's a terrible waste of gas like <laughs> if you're just going to like, go around would you be wearing nice clothes Ugh. I'd assume it'd be a convertible I don't think I don't if it does go on in now when I lived on Washington Avenue Yeah that I see what you're For a about. period of time a brief period it became a thing mm-hmm. to the point that they started putting like flower pots in the middle of the road to block it mm-hmm. which sucks and you couldn't drive down Washington Avenue Yeah uh, but it became a thing. In West Palm, there's a street called Clematis and Rocco's Tacos, which is our Taco Tuesday place, which I yeah. love. Uh, the one in Palm Beach Gardens is closed uh, at a fire and they can't hire anybody because these service industries can't. Yeah, get, they're struggling. Yeah. So they still haven't reopened. And so if we go, we go to West Palm, um, right by where I had dinner with uh, young pages that we were talking about a few minutes ago. And on Clematis Street, which I guess is kind of like, I don't know, like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't even, I guess like Washington Avenue 11 years ago in St. Louis. That's as close as I can get to it. Gotcha. You'll be eating outside because it's going to be 75 degrees and nice at yeah. eight o'clock. And, and it's just me and my wife. And we're just bullshitting, having conversations. And inevitably, approximately once every two minutes, somebody comes down the street either absolutely blasting some kind of music with a subwoofer to get your attention. No doubt. Uh, motorcycles and then just keep revving them. Mm. The newest one we had this past Tuesday was a guy in a pickup truck with the wheels that were taller oh, than me. Yeah. Uh, turning on a siren, like the beginning of like a police siren, not the standard thing that you would hear if we're like, you know, flying down Manchester, but you know, like the beginning of a yeah, police siren. That. That's what he would turn on his pickup truck. 
and it's to get people to look at them. Yeah. And so my question on this shit is, is all of this just to get laid? Because to me, that's all that it is. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily laid. I just think people love attention and especially attention to something. Like I think in their mind, they're like, especially if it's a you know fairly nice car, it's like, oh, now everyone's looking at me in my nice car. Look at me when it's very possible you rented that for the day. Oh God! Well, I ain't even gone there. That shit happens, no <laughs> doubt. People, people rent. So, is this a Horton Watkins thing, or just uh, an everywhere thing? South Florida. Oh, when I was at really? school When I was at school there, people like to rent a. Not gonna, I'll redact any names of cars, but they like to rent certain things for a certain price and take it to a a date night or something. Oh my God! And if you're gonna do it, you're gonna get your money's worth. So they might be doing that. Uh, I think that's part of it, and I guess there's definitely some part of it where it's like oh some girl's gonna you know ask me questions and but, that, but, but, but that doesn't ha- that doesn't yeah, happen it's probably happened not everything zero is an times. ll cool j video you know i mean i'm i'm looking at it i'm like and i watch the guys go and a lot of them are like guys in their 50s mm. and you just go god how did it get you know, like how did it get here yeah like let's do a movie on this guy's life that it got to this point that it's tuesday night in west palm beach and he's on clematis yeah and he's revving up his car by himself and he just keeps driving back and forth. Oh, they make the return? Oh. <laughs> oh, God, that's too much. It is brutal. Yeah, that's awful. It's, and I'm not talking about a commentary on their lives. I'm talking about you just want to be able to have a conversation, and it's constant. Yeah. So with that established, it's the opposite there. I don't know. I, I feel like the people with real money in St. Louis— real money, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not talking about a millionaire. Yeah. I'm talking about like, you know. I know, yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, millionaire is real money, don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about the real, real money. Real, 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 real money. Do not want you to know that they have it. Just yeah. not necessarily the way that it works around the country. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that is. So there's another homework assignment. I don't yeah. know why that is. I just, I just, I can't say I know it to be true. I'm pretty confident that that is the case. Um, that, and, and of course it's not, yes, in LA, people want you to know and know in St. Louis, because of course it, it, it's not an absolute, but um, I feel like humility is celebrated more here, which I like, mm-hmm. than in like in an LA or a Scottsdale or a Dallas or a Miami Palm beach, Uh you know, I don't know what else I would be leaving out. Hmm. Um, I don't know on the New York things. It's it's such a different setup there because you're not going to have a car. It's a good chance. Yeah, for (laughs) real. Number one, probably have a driver that drives you a really nice car. What I will say to that is I think some of it, and it's not all in St. Louis, but a lot of that real, real money is tends to be old money. Oh, yeah. So it's, yes, it's yes. always been in their lives. So they don't think anything of it. They don't of, think yeah. anything of it. And Whereas you go to LA and New York, a lot of it's new money where it's like, oh, I've been not poor necessarily. Some definitely have been poor, but I've been middle class or poor all my life. And now I have some real money. I'm going to flex a little right. bit. Whereas if you're coming from my parents had money, their parents had money, their parents had money. Well, that's just something that we've right. lived with. And that's the thing that I've noticed, like when golfers will tweet and will get into politics and I'll go, Ugh. but I know they're not coming from a bad place, uh-huh. but usually if you are a professional golfer, you didn't pick up the game at 16. No. 
it's rare. You most likely grew up at a country club. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, I don't think every case, but I understand what the stereotype is. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you're at a country club, you're, you have some wealth. Mm -hmm. Now, I personally know that that's not the case, absolutely, but I know that that's the perception. Yeah. Either way, if you were growing up on a country club, you know, on a range, hitting balls and, you know, playing in tournaments at like the age of six, you know, you're Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. Um, even though I know it's just Justin Thomas's dad was a golf professional and not like a tour professional, um, you had, you know, you were in a different spot than people. No doubt. And so then for you to then be pontificating on politics, it's like, uh, yeah, but whether you know, you didn't, you know, yeah. But I think that cuts the other way too. For sure. You know, like if we're going to go, well, all white people, it's like, well, hold on a second. Did you see, by the way, I actually was watching this. I was watching it yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, new rule, Bill Maher, not, not, not just new rules, the entire show. This is, from my standpoint, one of the best ones that he's ever done. And I don't even know how much attention it's gotten, this most recent one. I didn't see it. So good. I was like, I almost, I don't even know what the policy is. With a podcast, it certainly would be probably different than radio. Just to like play it was so good. It was the, uh, what is today? The 10th. So it would have been the 7th, uh -huh. May 7th. And he's, and I don't even know. I bet I, what, cause I, what I've seen going on with him lately is a lot of people go, I don't like Bill Maher's politics, but and I'm like, I don't know if you know Bill Maher's politics. Cause yeah. he's not really, you know, yeah, you can't put them into one box. Right. So I, I think if somebody who is like, I don't like Bill Maher's politics would watch the whole show, they'd be kind of like, oh, because there's a good chance that person's a Trump person. Well, he thinks that's an absolute clown show. Yeah. But he, I, he spent more time on um, liberals essentially hijacking the political party. I guess like he feels like MAGA hijacked the Republican Party, but he's yeah. spending a lot more time on liberals hijacking the Democratic Party lately. And he is getting into some stuff that is just, it's great to hear people talk about. So often on this show, one of my go-to things is anytime you have people not talking, you have, you invite problems. Yeah. And even if two people disagree, if you talk, my guess is you're going to come out of the conversation feeling better. Assuming it's just, it's just me and you and we disagree and we're just in here and it's not a show. Yeah. And it's not, we're talking on social media where there's an audience We're we're having a conversation with it's not recorded. It's just me and you. We have a disagreement. It's going to have a positive. It's Definitely. just going to be positive because you, but that's not the way that things work right now. It's usually a show. And mm -hmm. so he's going into these things. And I think it's so wonderful. But his guest this week mm -hmm. was so damn good. Uh, his new rules this week. So damn good. Uh, I want to make sure I get the get John McCorder is the name. Um, and, uh, and, I, and, it, and I, Bill didn't talk about his book, which I think he made sure to plug right at the end. McCorder did. Um, but just essentially going, yeah, I just I think what I'm talking about is logical. Um, and that's the stuff that attracts me. And I think mm -hmm. he said something along the lines of, yeah, if something that everybody does or everybody says or everybody fears doesn't make sense to me, I just want to explore it publicly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of is a lot of what I think I do on this podcast, even yeah. though I realize it's geared toward like, you know, 20 something and 30 something and 40 somethings in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's, that's what, a that's what, that, that's what, like I'm anti dogma. Yep. And I feel like right now we have social media dogma that in a sense is hijacking the, uh, well, hijacking po politics in general, but their, their point was hijacking left-wing politics. 
um, because they've basically written off right-wing politics as long as it's subservient to Donald Trump. So they're going, hey, you know, this would be an opportunity for some policies that we'd be on board with, but a lot of people won't vote for our party because they look at it and go, what the fuck's going on here? Yep. You know, and that's a Twitter thing. Um, but uh, as, as Mar said, he goes, the Oscars were basically done to not upset people on Twitter and yet they yeah. still want to setting people. That's the thing. You can't Twitter. win. Like, for some, with some people, you, you cannot win. It's awesome. So you have to operate. I mean, you can try to be as proactive as you can in some things. And, you know, I think people know, listen to this, I'm a fairly liberal person, but you sometimes just can't win. So why not do what you do and then react to issues instead of trying to be proactive when that seems futile at this point? Right. You can't. It's just... You can't win. You cannot win if that's the game, mm-hmm. the, the, the Twitter game. You cannot win. It's not a level playing field. First off, when people are able to, you know, wear the cloak of anonymity. Yeah. So that's that's oh, one yeah, thing. That's the thing. But then too. when businesses and networks and media platforms are responding to Twitter, there was a thing yesterday. I mean, why? I, I don't. I don't even know why I do it. It's like when I read the comments in an STL Today article. Oh yeah. And I go, why did I do that to myself? But. Um, I, I was, it was on TMZ and I was looking at TMZ and, um, it was something about Felicia Rashad, AKA Claire Huxtable mm-hmm. was being held accountable for Bill Cosby's issues. Mm. And I'm going, wow, who in the hell is saying that? That's a, that's a, yeah, it's a stretch. It's a stretch. The show hasn't been on in a while. The Bill Cosby thing really Can't is be. not. Yeah. topical at this at this particular moment and it was a lady on twitter and they built a whole story around it i i, I it was like the thing that we make fun of a user there's experiencing backlash on twitter yeah and i'm going what in the hell who felicia rashad accused of enabling cosby the internet comes to her defense felicia rashad was strangely thrust into a conversation about bill cosby and his so-called enablers which the internet was not putting up with, especially on Mother's Day. Twitter was celebrating their favorite TV mom Sunday, and Felicia was right up there near the top of the list with many remembering and paying tribute to her starring role on The Cosby Show as Cliff's wife, Claire Huxtable. That is, until someone took the conversation left. A lady who goes by Lisa Talmadge rained on everyone's parade, tweeting a bizarre claim and didn't even use Felicia's proper name in making it, or her TV character's name for that matter. I'm going... I guess I don't know who Lisa Talmadge is. And then I look up Lisa Talmadge. She has like 70 followers and is just like a person. Yeah. I, well, that's the thing. It's like if, if someone, why was are we cr- given any, you yeah. know, like who the fuck cares? Like imagine like Matt Adams getting a standing ovation. One guy booed and being like, Oh, let's, so people let's are booed. And let's yeah. write an article about yeah. the one guy who booed. It's just yeah. so fucked up. Yeah. And then the story above it is, or two stories above it, or a couple stories above it is Greta Van Susteren pissed about Birthing Person's Day. And I read that headline, I go, what the fuck is Birthing Person's Day? <laughs> but the headline says, Greta Van Susteren pissed about Birthing Person's Day, but who actually uses it? Greta Van Susteren is outraged. People are supposedly swapping Mother's Day for a gender-neutral term to be PC. But the truth is, she might be fuming over nothing. And I'm like, what's the self-awareness of TMZ when you're writing about a user, just a random user on yeah. Twitter, who's criticizing Felicia Rashad for not standing up to Bill Cosby when Bill Cosby owned that show. It was Cosby Productions. I mean, yeah. Cosby was her boss. Yeah. Um, and then Ted, and then a screenshot of Ted Cruz. He's supposed to Happy Mother's Day. He tweets a pencil and eraser, Happy Birthing People's Day. 
And then that upsets people with the culture bullshit stuff on the right going, the left is trying to do this. When in reality, I don't know a soul who says happy birthing person's day. No one I know. And I've, I've never heard of the fucking term. Yeah. I've, I've, I've hang around with a lot of liberals, me included, my family. We don't say happy birthing birthing thing. And day. that's the thing is one person says, oh, we don't like that. Uh, now and then it gets representative of a whole exactly it gets attributed to this, and it's like, well, I don't have to believe that, but I do believe in these other facets of my p- political beliefs. But it all gets lumped in. I think it cuts the other way too with some people on the right uh, who get attributed stuff that they probably don't think is logical either. Yeah, and that's know? that's that's something that I read that I saw that yesterday. I'm like, okay, I wonder who this person is. That's you know, now now that they're doing a story, and it's just like a person with 75 followers. I'm going, what in the fuck are we doing here? And then this becomes a whole story. Uh, let's see. I want to get one more maybe in here. Um, hey, Tim. Uh, this morning, now this is from April, so like I said, I'm trying to catch up on them. <laughs> and so many of the emails are about moving and not moving and people moving and not moving and me moving and not moving. Um, so we've discussed that. So I'm going to move on at least at this point with nothing new to say on it. Hey, Tim, this morning you threw out that you, uh, that only 5% of the audience listened to TMA on the radio. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've said in the past, keeping TMA on the radio had value due to advertisers, not yet embracing the idea being on only digital podcasting. I'm wondering if you still feel that way. If not, what caused you to change your mind? Can TMA thrive without being on the radio? Yes, the answer to that is yes. Anytime this topic comes up, and it's come up a lot on the podcast, but I realize, you know, things change over time, and so what is the latest on that? The math is this. It's a formula. Like I was talking about building rosters for Daily Fantasy. Mm -hmm. The formula is the following. How much revenue does TMA generate right now? Okay, now I I have an idea, you know, because I operated 920, and I know what we did. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is now because I don't operate this station. I know I have a relationship with the vast majority of the sponsors on TMA. Um, so I have a ballpark idea. Okay. So let's, let's call that number X Mm -hmm. and then let's take out the radio and say to all of those advertisers contributing X and not even talk about potential new advertisers in the future, short term future only because we got to fund a business and we got to pay people's salaries mm-hmm. uh that we are now only on podcasts we are only on youtube we are only on um a live stream you Clubhouse. Know. yes yeah how much of x comes over to that venture and i don't have the answer mm-hmm. for the record yeah um <laughs> what i'm telling you when i say that and I don't know. I, I don't know that only five percent. I don't know. I, I'm very comfortable in saying, and I would bet heavily, even though I know there's no way to prove it, so the bet won't ever take place. That that radio is the least listened to platform for our show, which is a younger demographic. Yeah. Uh, of the podcast live stream, I don't whatever I could possibly be leaving out. Uh, and it's not even like a sweat for me. It's not even a sweat for me. It's not even remotely close. So then you go, well, then why would it matter? The, the reason would be advertisers, like you said, not yet necessarily, not that they don't embrace it, but they're not. So you might have, I mean, take, take your pick. I'm not going to say an advertiser's name just because I don't want to do that. Yeah. But an advertiser, okay, we'll follow you to the digital, 
but you're not going to be on radio now, so we're only going to spend mm -hmm. this. Even though in reality, the return on investment that this show, that this podcast, that TMA delivers, you know, I mean, you hear the same sponsors. Why? You think they're like scared? I mean, to cancel, they're getting a return. You know, yep. I mean, you don't keep buying if you aren't getting a return. No doubt. On your investment, uh, which is why I don't know why more people don't. <laughs> for real but whatever because i mean at this point it's kind of like yeah if i have a business you know that it works it absolutely works yeah it's a great thing uh that's why i'm so grateful to the audience um so that is it's a comfort level thing mm -hmm. and it will absolutely change it will probably change i used to say 2025 i think it'll be sooner than that i think what would have to happen for it to kind of break down that wall is a show like TMA, a show like Dave Glover's, or a show like the Rizzuto show. I'm mm -hmm. just thinking of local shows in St. Louis, and it's not meant to slight any other, but where you have a like passionate, rabid audience. Yeah. Um, Rizzuto's always been in that time slot, um, but it was Woody and Rizzuto, and now it's Rizzuto with, with his crew. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Burton, Patrico, Moon, King Scott, um, all of whom, by the way, are just... The, just outstanding people, uh, in a major way, mm. um, that, uh, they've, they've been in that time slot on 105.7 forever, but Glover's now in KMOX. Mm -hmm. But the, the bottom line is in, in all three of us, Rizzuto, myself and Glover would all say the same thing. If we were all sitting here, wherever we go, the audience will follow. This, it's not about the station. And that's not, that's not intended to be a shot at any of the stations. It's just, it's not. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think even the stations would, would say that as well and not be mad about it. Uh -huh. If one doubts it, TMA was on 590. TMA was on 1380. TMA was back on 590. TMA went to 920, which I, I, don't, I didn't even know it existed before I started doing the deal with 920. And then TMA went back to 590. We don't go, oh God, we got to put a billboard or marketing campaign together. We just, tweet it out and people follow us and that's that. And the show yeah. continues to grow. As we see, you were talking about the numbers going up, um, on the downloads on the podcast from what was it? March to April, I guess, if I'm not mistaken, or was it February April, to March, February to March Yeah, that the numbers continue to increase. So it's a younger show. So more people get on board and it's not specific to a certain topic and it's not going to be like, okay, I need to hear what you guys think about Arnado homering off the Rockies and Adam Wainwright and Yachty. And how cool is that? Not going to do it. It's not what we do. You can get mad about it. I don't know why you would get mad about it. When Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman do talk about it and you have that option. Yeah. But I think that, I think that anger that I experienced at the beginning of my career, first off in part, because we were doing something new. Mm -hmm. Secondly, probably just because we were younger when we started. I mean, I was 26, I guess, when I started the thing. Um, I was 25 when I started in radio, 27 when TMA started. Um, that, 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 that stuff's kind of gone away. Mm. You know, the stuff like Stern has talked about how he hated whoever was another disc jockey. Now you in Leno and Leonard been hated each other. Now it's like Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert all kind of like, oh, you can watch us. Because you, you can access it at, at, at other times of the day. Yeah, you can, exactly. You can listen to Michelle Smallman and Randy Carricker. And you can listen to TMA. Yeah. You just might be listening to one live and one podcast. And so it doesn't really matter. Yep. What matters is delivering a return on investment for advertisers. That's what matters. That's what matters. Now, some people, if they don't like a show, they will slide a show by saying, well, those guys don't talk sports. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Those guys don't prep. Okay, fine. Fuck. I don't know what to tell you. Our job is to get as big of an audience as possible and then deliver a return on investment for as many advertisers as possible. That's it. Nobody says your job is to talk sports for 15 minutes at least. Nobody has ever said that to me. Nobody has ever said that to me. Going back to 2004, 
your your relevance, your leverage, you know, the reason you can become a commodity is if you have advertisers, they will follow you anywhere because you deliver a return on investment for them. To me, that's that's all you need to do when you go to journalism school. Say yeah. that. That's what you need to say because that's reality. If you want to make a living. Uh-huh. Now, if you want to try to be a hero and don't care about how much you make, then, you know, learn about Nat, Nat Sound Pops and trying to win Emmys and shit. But yeah. I'm telling you, as somebody who's done those things, it didn't lead to any money. Mm-hmm. So... This is the game. This is how you play the game. So then the question becomes, how much of X comes over if we are now on just that without the radio? And I know that X is less than with that at this moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much less it is. I say I, I shouldn't say I know. I believe that it will be. But I also passionately believe that in 2025, it probably won't matter. And it might matter even less mm-hmm. uh, sooner. So it's a great question. It gets brought up quite often because people wonder about that. And I think people, um, you know, would love to see the plowhawk and the cat back and, you know, are wondering what will wind up happening. And so they wonder if that's the direction it'll go. Um, and so they go, well, if you just start a podcast network. But, but, and, I, and whereas the people listening... And I understand this, of course, because I'm a stern listener. So I kind of like try to put myself in the position of a stern listener. Mm-hmm. Um, go, well, I just want, I want, you know, the plowhawk and the cat back. And, you know, um, I'm like, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. I want them back too. I get it. I've talked with those guys. I've talked with the cat for like an hour last uh, Monday or Tuesday. Um, and I'd love them back as well. You've ever, have you met? We I've talked about this with met him the plowhawk, met the cat, but in passing, in it passing. wasn't like yeah. Um, I would love it. And Gangster Pete, as we've talked about, anytime this topic comes up, he's working a different job now. And I, you know, I mean, Gangster, but Gangster Pete's been on the podcast. We'll do pick six again, producer Joe. I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Once you've been on the show, uh, you're a part of it and always welcome back whenever. You know, from the inside STL standpoint. Now, sometimes there have been falling out with, and this this isn't limited to now. This goes back all the way to 2004. This stuff has is occasionally happened. It happens. It's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that all said, you have to have, make enough money for people to make a living. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine people would understand, like, oh, I can, you can go do this, but now you're only going to make half of what you were making. Well, would you do that? I don't care if you're doing radio. If you're doing what you're doing right now, you're working at Enterprise. You know, you're working at Edward Jones. You're working at a bank. Somebody said, oh, now you can do this. Now your buddies can come back. But now you're going to make half what you're making. Well, who the fuck would sign up for that? Yeah, no chance. Well, that's, so that's, that's the thing. So, so there's, a, there's a calculation of sorts. But the, the calculation is speculation because we don't know. Mm-hmm. So you can go, well, this person's doing podcasts and they're making money. I'm like, okay, do you, do you know that? Yeah, do you actually exactly. have the dollars? Because mm-hmm. you probably don't. I think sometimes people assume that there are dollars that there might not actually be. Yeah. Uh, and then secondarily along those lines, um, our situation with TMA is different than other podcasts because we'd be taking something that's been on the air for 17 years, uh, has a shit. You see the downloads each month, you know, uh, the, the size of the downloads. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a different it's a different animal than you're creating a podcast and then putting it up and then trying to build an audience and then trying to get it. You have a proven product and the only place you can get it is on a podcast. It might do better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's that's the issue. And when you're you're supporting, uh, you're paying six people, you got to make sure that 
you're going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're taking on some risk. So that's 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 really the core issue. Mm -hmm. uh, so I hope I'm conveying it effectively. Um, so there it is. All right, Jackson, we've done about an hour and a half here on the uh, the podcast. Uh, you are always welcome to email in T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Questions, comments, erotic stories. No pictures are necessary. Please. Uh, opinions. T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, anytime, anything that's on your mind it doesn't have to be a question. It can just be a story. We'll read the story. It can just be opinion. Read the opinion, whatever. It's all welcome. Uh, questions from the audience here on the Tim McKernan show. Thank you to the home loan expert.com. Ryan Kelly. Thank you to James Carlton of the Carlton state farm insurance agency in Webster Groves. Thank you to Mark Hanna of evergreen wealth strategies. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Mark Hanna's on evergreenstl.com. Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson of Munganess, St. Louis Alton Jim Rogers of Restoration One of Central St. Louis.com. For Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle Sauce Boss, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.